Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to God is Gray, the podcast. Although I, as a Christian, believe that God resides in absolute truth, in black and white, we as people are stuck here on planet Earth contending with the gray. In church, gray areas often cause dissension, anger, and even hate. But on this platform, I welcome open dialogue, variety of opinion, and differing belief systems. God is Gray is meant to teach, inform, and simply trade stories with kindness, love, and mutual respect. If you have a story or perspective to share, please reach me, Brenda Marie Davies, at GodIsGrayXO at gmail.com. To support the cause and be a part of our community, donate to patreon.com slash God is Gray. Now, on to the episode. So for this week's video, I'm going to share a really intimate conversation between myself and someone in our very own God is Gray community. Jalen's email struck me because on one hand, her story was completely unique and fascinating, and on the other hand, it was reminiscent of stories I've heard time and time again from people who were taught about relationship and sexuality through the evangelical Christian church. This conversation is really about the anxiety and fear and shame that was placed upon Jalen that made her get into this relationship that was not edifying for her, that was not evenly yoked, that wasn't a really good thing for her soul. From the outside, Jalen's relationship had all the trappings of a perfect Christian one. They were both Christian, they were saving themselves for marriage, they were devoted to church, but on the inside, behind closed doors, the relationship was a disaster. I've said it before and I will say it a million more times, Saving yourself from marriage can be beautiful. It does work out for some people, but not all of us have this happily ever after. I really want the God is Gray channel to represent this entire community. I want those of us who have the happily ever after to feel comfortable to share their stories and to share their experience. But I also want to talk about what happens when that ideal goes wrong, when our path takes a different twist that we never expected. Before you watch this video, I encourage you to check out last weeks because I really delve into why I hate and reject purity culture and instead embrace sexual integrity. This video is really going to be about sexual integrity put into practice through myself and through Jaylen's story. So without further ado, here is my entire conversation with Jaylen. If you prefer to listen on the go, tomorrow morning I'll be uploading this in podcast form to the God is Gray podcast. And if you love being a part of the God is Gray community, please like, subscribe, share with your friends, donate to my Patreon or Venmo if you can. I love you guys so much. God bless. I wanted to have this conversation with Jalen because she's a part of the God is Gray community and she wrote me a very heartfelt letter through my DMs and it's a story that is unique to her life but it's also really common to the Christian community and the way that I've felt at certain points in my life and I know I get a lot of letters from you guys that express similar feelings. And Jalen was just open and ready to tell her story very bravely. So I just wanted you to meet her. This is Miss Jalen. How long have you been a Christian? Um, I mean, I guess I've always been a Christian my whole life. Um, my mom kind of found God when she was um, pregnant with me. So she baptized me. I was kind of raised in church, although I would say in a way I found God myself. Like most people, I feel like are brought up in the faith and like their yeah. parents teach them. 
And although my mom kind of found her own relationship with God, I wasn't like raised in a strong Christian household. I still kind of came from a dysfunctional family background. <laughs> yeah, um, as we all do, I feel like. Yeah, but um, my family was pretty broken. So like, even though like, I think my mom went to church, I don't think my dad was really going yet. And um, so it wasn't like a strong Christian household with like values or whatever like that. So in a way, I feel like I got to find God on my own. Like my mom would take me to church, but um, I was the one who kind of started my own relationship with God. And I'd say since pretty young, I felt that connection. Yeah. Um, when I was like six or seven, like I begged my mom myself for like a little Bible and all this stuff. And <laughs> so, <laughs> and I would always just read Genesis because I felt like <laughs> that's all I knew how to do. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so I was always just very open with God and I just, the conversation was very easy. And then I'd say as I was like a teenager, I started going to youth group and I think that's when things got a little bit more tricky. <laughs> <laughs> See, I have like such a parallel story to yours. It's so funny. Yeah. Like that um, very, very innate um, connection to God at a super young age. Then you're kind of living your life. And then but did you go to like an evangelical church or what denomination was it? It was non-denominational. Non-denominational is, yeah, evangelical, right? Yeah. So when I was like 11 or that age and um, I started going to youth group, um, which was fun. And I loved God. I always loved Jesus. So it's like, this is great. And that's when they start, you know, teaching you more about life issues because you're now entering that phase in your life where you're going to be dealing with a lot of things. And then, but, you know, they focus a lot on sexuality. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's I know true. it always blows my mind a lot of Christians maybe from different generations or that go to different churches are like the church is really scared to talk about sex and I'm like I feel like all they talked about in youth group was sex that's like the most that I remember from yeah group. right yeah. yeah so which was weird like my uh, my non-christian friends in school would always like be like oh you guys talk about sex and like yeah like they teach us this this and that and um you know that's when we did like purity series and like the books like kiss the girl and made him cry and things like that so <laughs> oh my gosh I haven't heard of that one I know kiss dating I kiss dating goodbye what's kiss the girl and make her cry um kind of a similar thing it's about like dating like I don't know waiting to date I guess and because boys I guess just will date you and say sweet things and prey on our emotions and then they just pretty much use us and <laughs> and then we'll be yeah read it and everything so isn't it awful how we're both stereotyped like women are these like delicate little flowers that are just gonna cry because we get kissed and the boys are just these like sexual predators basically yeah and yeah. that's it's not true of either it's completely unfair yeah it is very yeah. unfair do you remember, though, like, one of the first moments, maybe, that you first heard that, you know, you had to save yourself or that sex mattered to God? Like, did it surprise you? Did it feel, you know, right or wrong? Like, what kind of sense did you get when you received that message? Um, I feel like 
I didn't understand much about the sexual part of it because I was like only 11. I don't think I had the ability to really understand what sex means and not that how intricate it is. Yeah. Um, so the only thing I took from it when they did say to save yourself for marriage basically was that that's what made God happy. And that's all I cared about at 11 years yeah. old. I yeah. Was like, I just want to make God happy. I don't want to make him upset. So I just believed, okay, well, this is what I have to do to make God happy. I'm going to wait yeah. till marriage and I'm going to show him that I love him by doing that. Same. I felt the exact same. Yeah. Okay, so you're getting the, the purity messages, reading the books. Did you have a purity ceremony or anything? Um, yes, I did have a purity ceremony. I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah, I had a purity ring and all that stuff that I made my mom buy me. Like, my parents never really expected that from me, I guess, but I put it on myself because, again, I was like, I want to do this to make God happy, and I want to do this to be a a good Christian and all that. Yeah. Um, mine are the same way. They were like, okay, so this is what you want to do. Did they mm-hmm. say anything contrary? I remember my dad, I think, I think they both said something along the lines of like, just, so you know, we'll love you no matter what happens. But they didn't contradict the message or say that it was, they disagreed or anything. Did your parents have anything to say about it? No. Um, it's kind of like, I feel like a cultural thing in the Hispanic community not to talk about sex with your kids. <laughs> so, which is kind of hard because then they like forced me, well, in a, I guess in a way it wasn't bad to learn it from church in their minds. Like they thought the church would handle that and they'd obviously lead me in the right direction. But yeah, they're like, good, you guys take care of that. So I don't yeah. have to talk to her about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But I wish I would have got, like, my mom's input on it and just, like, you know, understand it from different points of view so I can make, like, an informed decision about it. That uh, took a really big um, space in my spirituality. Um, I had, like, boyfriends at that time, like, little boyfriends and stuff. And then I remember hearing a message, like, um, basically... If your boyfriend, if you tell your boyfriend that you don't want to kiss and he doesn't respect that and, like, he gets upset or whatever, then break up with him. He's not the one for you. Mm -hmm. So I did that. (laughs) And I was like, well, I just feel like I want to do this for God. So, like, so things like that, like, really took presence in in my relationship with God. I was so focused on that all the time. And then um, also the form of dating. Then I learned about this thing called courting. Mm-hmm. Um, which is basically somebody who's interested in you or who believes that God said you're the one for them. And, uh, get my eyes rolling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know how many boys in youth group were like, God told me you were going to be my future wife. <laughs> I know. What a good line. Hey, I don't care what you say. The divine entity of the entire universe is saying you're my wife. <laughs> yeah, and I apparently have no say in it. I remember one time actually being really like sad because I actually believe this. This guy was telling everyone in youth group, yeah, God gave me a dream. She's going to be my future wife. And I did not like this guy whatsoever. And <laughs> again, I'm like only like 11 or something. So I'm just 
trying to please God and be obedient. And I'm like, God, I really don't like him. But if you say that he's for me, okay, I guess. <laughs> oh, my God. It's terrible. That's, terrible. That's so scary. <laughs> it's very scary. So, um, so, yeah. So, the courting thing. Um, after a bunch of guys said this, there was one guy that I actually <laughs> liked. <laughs> You would have been in a, a polygamist marriage, according to these guys. <laughs> yeah, seriously. When these guys were saying God told them that I was the one for them, I was now like 13, 14 in youth group. Okay. Um, yeah, so by the time I'm like 14, <laughs> I forgot to pass away. So by the time I'm like 14, um, and I've been in youth group for a while, and again, we're still, so now we like have discussed purity and all that stuff. Now we're talking about dating relationships. People are entering high school. So that's when we start talking about courting. And um, a lot of like my youth leaders brought it up as like the godly way to date because they said dating was like not really God's intent because I guess dating is like, oh, I'm just going to be with you because I like you, but I don't want to commit. So they're like courting is... Um, like knowing that this is who God has for you and you are dating, but it's always with the intent of marriage. And so that's what I thought I had to do to save myself from heartbreak and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Um, and then there was a guy who wanted to pursue that with me and my youth group. Um, and he was older. He was just turning 19 at this point and I was 14. So that raised a few eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was this one that you were genuinely interested in, or he also told you that you were the one and you were kind of rolling with it. This is one that I was genuinely interested in. Um, and he didn't fully express that he felt I was the one or whatever until like a few months into courting. So I didn't really know, like he felt this way as well. Um, okay, and but just to pause for one second, yeah. your age difference, even though people's eyebrows raised, no one was like, this is inappropriate, he's a, an adult and you're a minor? Um, I think actually my youth pastors weren't on board with it, and I think they were scared. Um, however, once I knew he was interested in courting me, um, I took it to my parents right away, um, and our families kind of met, because that's part of the courtship process, too, is uh -huh. having your families on board, and so I thought, well, this must be God's will, because my parents are totally fine with it. I thought my dad would flip out, and he did when he heard the age, but I think because um, he knew the family, and he knew that the both of us, me and this guy, um, were, like, intending to not be physical in any way. There you go, yeah. <laughs> that was, like, I don't care, sure, whatever. She might as well be with this <laughs> yeah. person rather than somebody else who she'll probably sleep with. So I think that yep. was his concern. So, and um, every time, so in the courting phase, it was very much friendship. So we didn't go on dates or whatever. It was, if we did go somewhere, it was always with his family. Like we went to the movies with his family. 
we did everything with the family there, like chaperoning hardcore, like at all times. So I thought this guy, because we were courting, had the intent on marrying me. And that's what we always talked about. Like, we're going to take this in stages. And I don't know if you know that there's like a chart and everything. No. Stages of court. We had this chart and we legit had to write down rules and like, you know, boundaries like you can't be alone together and then in the next phase he said like maybe when I'm 18 then maybe we could hold hands or things like that and then when you're engaged then maybe you can kiss maybe not maybe you have to wait till you're married (laughs) Uh uh-huh oh it was very much like that um Um, just to interject like I (laughs) anyone watching my eyes roll and me being all like ugh I respect anyone that, like, chooses to do this and is on that kind of path, but I just hate the lack of um, trust. Like, I would like for more churches and leaders and youth group leaders to say, I'm going to impart information and wisdom to you, but also you can trust yourself. You know, you can trust yourself to make decisions, like mapping out charts and making all these rules instead of just listening to your heart, to God, you know, is just like... That's why my eyes are rolling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. And one more question, too, before we go on. I'm wondering if you are also getting a lot of the modesty messages and stuff about how you need to be dressed and everything in this process. Yeah, definitely. That was a huge thing in our youth group, especially, you know, with boys and their hormones in high school and whatnot. Yeah. So I remember they would tell a lot of us girls, like, even with our skinny jeans, like, if we went up to the altar, and, like, some boys in the youth group were sitting down, and, like, lusting over us, like, we need to make sure we're wearing a shirt that's long enough to cover our behinds when we're up at the altar, not, totally not concerned with that, really seeking Jesus, but now we have to keep in mind, like, am I covered back here, if I bend over, like, so, yeah, (laughs) We got a lot of that. And actually, I got a lot of it from the person I was courting as well. He was very heavy on women being modest and being covered up. So um, a lot a lot of my views on God and, and how I walked with, with my relationship with Jesus was shaped by him as well. Um, mm. So from 14 to 18, he kind of took on like a mentor role in my life mm. which was kind of weird um it's like not a normal <laughs> relationship I think because he was older he felt um he had all this wisdom and he felt he needed to guide me and that became really unhealthy because one I'm 14 I should be like developing my own boundaries myself I should be developing um, my image and my self-worth on my own apart yeah. from anybody else's opinions but um because I was young I I trusted everyone with that I trusted my youth group to tell me how I should see myself and carry myself and I trusted this person who was in my life and some of his views weren't necessarily the best but um and then he kind of felt like he was my father Mm-hmm. which wasn't good that became like the first 
sign where he felt like he had control over my life. Yeah. So, um, from <clears throat> boy 18, everything I did was, like, critiqued by him or you need to do it this way, like, this is the godly way to do it. And I would just try my best to, like, fix that because I'm thinking I want to please this person. I want to make this courtship work. And then I also want to please God because, again, my my view of how a woman of God should be was determined by his standard. Then when I was 18, I'm kind of thinking, you know, <laughs> all right, I'm 18 now. I'm like, this is totally illegal. Like, are we going to be more physical or like, are we going to get married soon? Because obviously at 18, I'm still a virgin and I'm still trying to stay pure, but I'm like in my head being realistic, like, yeah, no, I don't think I can wait till like 26 or 24. And yeah. Have you guys kissed or anything at this point? Um, We did, and he felt like guilty about it. I don't know. And then he didn't feel an attraction to me. Um, And he always blamed that on the age difference and um, that it just wasn't the right timing. Um, And the physical part became a really big strain in our in our courtship or whatever I had assumed he was attracted to me when he first met me but then I was 14 so that seems kind of weird yeah but so I don't know really what his interest was with me because things got really weird as I'm older I'm like okay well things are legal and if you're attracted to me like are we going to be normal like are we going to be able to kiss or things like that and he apparently just wasn't attracted to me, which confused me. He said <laughs> that? Yeah, he would say that sometimes. Not that he didn't believe I was, wasn't was attractive, but that, I don't know, I guess he just wasn't attracted to me. And so what he thought was that this was God protecting us from, you know, not sleeping together before marriage. So this is great. We'll be able to abstain. <laughs> I can't kiss you. So... <laughs> oh my gosh uh, and for the record too like uh, my heart goes out to both of you guys in this situation because I'm I'm not a man basher at all like anyone that's watching especially outsiders that aren't in the church like you can see the slippery slope of these messages that we get like his torment his his you know feelings of you know God told him this and he has to abide by this and he has to protect you and has to be a man, even though he's only 19 years old and he has no idea what he's doing either. And then that therefore leads to all of this genuinely emotional abuse that, you know, is imparted on the woman in this situation. And he becomes an abuser, but, you know, not even necessarily willfully so. It's just like what you're both being taught. Yeah, he believed he needed to spiritually lead me because that's the role of a husband. So he was starting early, even though sometimes I'd fight back and be like, well, you're not my husband yet. And he's like, (laughs) but it's practically going to be that way. So, like, you need to follow my direction. And I'm thinking, well, I need to be submissive. So let me follow his direction. Yeah. Yeah. So the Lord is masking his attraction to you to protect you both from premarital sex and then (laughs) (laughs) and then as I'm 18 19 up until 20 it becomes such a struggle 
because he's in his late 20s now. Um, and he just doesn't feel, because I guess he's lacking that attraction or that desire, he feels something is missing, and so do I. And um, he just feels like he can't marry me until we get that. But we just believe, we keep believing that God's going to just magically give it to us um, because we've honored him by keeping ourselves pure. I guess I kind of felt neglected. I mean, like normal things like being able for somebody to call you beautiful or that they love you or wanting to hold your hand. Um, Not just, I feel like that's normal. And the fact that he didn't want to do that um, was really detrimental to my self-worth as well because of course. I yep. didn't have any on my own. I was all defined by him from very young. So the fact that he couldn't even like see me in that way, I thought, well, I must be the problem. Um, I'm not good enough, um, things like that. Maybe I'm not a godly enough woman and that's why he's not attracted to me. So I have to try harder and I exhausted myself doing that. What kind of moves did you make to make yourself as godly, more attractive woman? Well, the problem was I almost had to make myself not myself because he actually didn't like a lot of qualities about me. He didn't appreciate how outgoing I was. Um, For instance, I, I really just liked to have a fun time and be silly with my friends and go out dancing and nothing really bad but like I'm Hispanic I like to go salsa dancing <laughs> or whatever yeah. and I didn't see a problem in it I grew up and family parties always doing that and um but that was like even that was not modest enough apparently like you yeah. have to be like very like I don't even know just you can't act silly like you have to be very serious and and just very about God, like at all times, like as if God yeah. doesn't want us to enjoy our lives. So um, I just try Make to God sound like such a bummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I always knew that he wasn't. I always, even in youth group, I was the crazy fun one, like always like so much energy and yeah, but um, but I always loved God. It wasn't a, a problem for me just because I would dance to a secular song that wasn't even that bad like I still loved God but um he didn't like those things about me and the fact that I would push the affection thing sometimes I'm like 18 19 I'm like this is like weird like I try to hold his hand I try to kiss him and if I would try to do things like that I was too promiscuous or I was like nasty names or whatever like really he called you things like Jezebel stuff like that he said like I would have the spirit of Jezebel because yeah because I I struggled at certain points where I'm like I want to be like by the way let me don't call it a struggle it's not a struggle it is a natural human desire and of course like and also you're beautiful like you Mm -hmm. have every right to want to live in that essence and in that beauty and have someone that recognizes it you're not struggling because you're just growing up and wanting to revel in the person that you're with even in the most basic way holding a hand give me a break yeah (laughs) 
and what was worse about it what was what really like hurt me about it all was that he felt that way towards other women he was attracted to other women and he would vocalize that with me and he would say like I don't know that he felt a connection with them but like not with me and everything was I don't know like he he really felt like it was my problem like I just wasn't mature enough or something were these other girls in church or they're just just random people um because I feel like it would drive me crazy was he ever attracted to a woman that was more like the way you wish he was allowing you to live like a woman that was just free or that did look sexy or yeah he was which was really frustrating (laughs) I would yeah because who isn't attracted to someone that is beautiful and independent and vivacious and because I'm only bringing it up because I have a an abusive ex-boyfriend as well and it was only physical in the very end but it was emotional the whole time and one time I lost my mind on him because he was always trying to make me small and repress everything about me and make me feel ashamed of every good character trait I had that was attractive. Like he didn't want me to be attractive to anybody else because he wanted me in this cage. And then one time we were at this like um, music festival and one of our mutual friends came by and she has like this long blonde hair and she was wearing this tiny little sparkly outfit and she was hula hooping and had this huge smile on her face. And she said hello and kissed us. And then when she left, he was like, Oh, she's so beautiful. And I was like, I will kill you. Like, <laughs> I want just an like an ounce of your permission to be even remotely as free as she is. And you have the audacity to tell me you're attracted to her when you won't let me even be a tiny bit of that. I could have killed him. I went through the same <laughs> thing. I had to be covered up all the time. Um, he would legit threaten to break up with me sometimes if I posted something on my Instagram or whatever where I had like the slightest amount of cleavage like nothing crazy but sometimes even tasteful but if if my figure was too like revealing and something I was attention seeking I was not quite a figure it must be really hard to actually hide it is without feeling like a blueberry like (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I need to wear form-fitting clothes because then I just feel like gross and then I and that and that also did a lot to um my body image with the modesty culture because I did try to dress modest but then I just felt like fat all the time and I felt like I looked terrible I didn't (laughs) know how to love my body because I was just like always just trying to cover it up yeah Um, and I always felt like my body was too much even for him because it I am like a little bit curvier so I don't think he liked that and he even voiced like he just wanted somebody who was just a little bit more plain because I apparently draw too much attention and I'm gonna his friends that follow me I'm gonna make them stumble and that's when the whole Jezebel stuff came in again and everything I did was a problem (laughs) every day um so that was really exhausting so by the time I'm like 20 I feel like really emotionally numb um not only from the frustration of not being in a satisfying relationship but um 
also kind of all the verbal and like mental abuse like I dealt with and I don't think he did it purposely but I feel like a lot of his frustration he took out on me and um it was very hurtful and I grew to a point where I just became numb like little things he'd say like that just sounds so awful like wouldn't even cause a reaction out of me anymore because I was so just beyond it yeah and so I was just like a zombie I was just pushing through just like hoping one day something's gonna change um and just like suffering in the meantime yeah um and then I started feeling um chemistry with some other co-workers and that was a battle because I'm like oh this is just temptation like I have to fight this I'm in a relationship so I would I would shut it down but um it caused like thoughts in me and I'm like is chemistry really a good thing is it a bad thing um can I have this is this just like you know something that's going to fade and something you don't go after like is that just the enemy's like (laughs) plan and I didn't want to you know I was always scared of missing the mark and of disappointing God and I was always so concerned with God's will for my life like I was always so scared to step out of that um I had so much fear in my relationship with God because I was just taught that way like like you had to be really careful and like walk on eggshells and you can't go to this place or that place because you'll start straying so like I was always so scared of everything (laughs) that I legit was paralyzed like I did not take a step unless I knew that I knew (laughs) yeah yeah and that irony always drives me crazy because I was definitely raised with that fear as well since 12 years old in the evangelical church and the Bible says fear not or a different variation of that over 90 times and yet we are trained in all this fear it's completely opposite of God's will for our life yeah um I think my ex felt that way a lot too he was very he had a very I don't think healthy view of God and I felt bad for him because I always discovered God is very loving and merciful, and I always felt that from very young. Um, And he, however, somehow, I don't know if it was because he felt God gave him me and I was such a disappointment, which he legit would say. (laughs) Oh, my God. God was such a punisher, and, like, God was just this angry God like he just felt like God didn't like him and I don't know just some weird stuff so like his views were obviously God's very like like a punisher and everything's like hellfire and there's not really mercy like you do something there's consequences bottom line and consequences are always like really bad (laughs) yeah so um it was very like toxic like that and um so yeah so when I start feeling chemistry and everything I am really desiring this and we've I talk about this with him and um it just it never gets anywhere because you can't I don't think you can just force that and you can't make that happen um so I don't know again we just kept saying we'll wait 
and wait for God to do something. Do you have friends in your life that are telling you this is a bad relationship or is everyone you're surrounded by kind of like in the same circle? Um, they never said it was a bad relationship per se because I never shared like details of our relationship because I knew it wasn't normal <laughs> deep yeah. down. So I didn't really, you know, if they would ask me how everything's going, I'm like, good, everything's good. And it, they knew, like, we struggled with, like, the whole chemistry part because it was just evident. It was obvious. They never saw him, like, hold me or say he loved me or called me beautiful, like, nothing normal like that. But I'm like, you know, we're just still in the friendship level of courting. And <laughs> oh <my God>. six <laughs> years, years into it. Six years later, still friendship. Wow. Uh, yeah, we'll get those feelings when we're closer to getting married. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh wow okay <laughs> yeah so you're starting to notice you're having feelings or attractions to other people and, and a mutual chemistry with other people yeah and <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get to the part in the email that you sent me <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah so I start having this attraction and this chemistry and this problem that we've been having for like the past like year now and I'm getting more and more to my breaking point where I just want I just want to be like loved or not even because I guess like not that I'm seeking like love from somebody else but you know just, just desired like, desired yes that's the better word every woman wants to feel beautiful you know, and desired, and, like, she's worthy of that affection and attention. So, last year, um, it was during Valentine's Day, <laughs> ironically. Oh, okay. That, um, Valentine's Day was always awful for me in our relationship, because I'm like, oh, like, maybe he's gonna show me he cares about me on <laughs> this holiday, but it was always an absolute disappointment, and I was so sad, because I'm like, why am I even in a relationship? This is not a, this does this is not a relationship. Like for this, I should be single. I would spend Valentine's Day by myself, or like like nothing special at all, and it would always make me really sad. Yeah. So um, that last Valentine's Day, I just had enough because I felt like all this chemistry and stuff. Um, he was working, I was working, and all he did was like a pathetic Facebook post. <laughs> of a woman crush Wednesday my valentine and I was just I don't know that just set something off in me <laughs> I was like really after all these years I'm so done because at this point he's promising me he had gotten a job which he didn't have a job for a long time in a relationship even though he was in his 20s uh-huh. um, so I held things down but um he got a job so he promised me he was gonna take me on dates because we're already at the point where because of this, for the past year, we're struggling with the no chemistry. We're talking about breaking up and separating, but we're both so scared. We're both in so deep with our families and all that. that he's like, no, things are going to get better. So he promised me because he got a job recently, like he's going to take me on dates and he's going to do all this stuff, but he doesn't do it, especially on Valentine's Day again. <laughs> so I was triggered. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. So, <laughs> this person that I felt like I had chemistry with, I was like, do you want to hang out? 
like <laughs> so we hung out and nothing happened but um I started just entertaining the thought more and more that like I think I'm just really not happy and I just feel really dead inside and I don't want to be in this relationship and I tried breaking up with him but again he just had such a hold on me and would just talk me into like no like let's just wait let's just see and but if he didn't want it then like it was not of God like if he felt on the same page then God was do then God was separating us that's very convenient for him exactly yeah because <laughs> before I did it one time before where I had broken up with him but he said God didn't give him peace about it so I was reacting off of I don't know what and I was ruining God's will for our lives or something like that wow but um, anyway <laughs> so so at this point I'm trying to break up with him but it's just been so hard but it's been like more and more tension um like I felt like I was really breaking my reaching my breaking point and um so I lost my virginity <laughs> uh-huh. like a week or two weeks later sometime around that time and um it was really bad because <laughs> I remember um when I did it and when I was when I like lost my virginity I remember thinking such terrible thoughts like well even if I stay in this courtship at least I knew what passion was oh no (laughs) I'm thinking I'm still gonna stay in this terrible relationship but at least I have something to hold on to in my life to know what it felt like to be desired Wow. So was that experience in itself, like, positive for you? Did you feel, like, a guilt in the moment? Did you feel, what kind of thing did you feel when you actually made that decision to go for it? From how I see it now, I feel like it was a huge turning point for me. It helped me realize a lot of things I feel like I was ignoring, and it was kind of like, it just blew it up. (laughs) It made it clearly evident for me. Um. So I don't, like, regret it at all. And um, during, I didn't really feel guilt. Um, I actually kind of remember, like, feeling, like, looking up to God and being, like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know if this is going to make you sad or happy or I don't know. But I just feel like, I feel like this is something I need to do. Yeah. (laughs) And, um... I I felt normal, like, afterwards, then I got really scared (laughs) automatically, like, the (laughs) next day, I, like, woke up, and I'm like, I'm not a virgin anymore, like, what is my world, like, am I not a Christian anymore, and then I'm, like, scared, then I'm like, God, like, are you, like, talking to me right now, are you upset with me, like, is, did I just alter my destiny, and now I can't be in ministry anymore, and I'm, I'm never going to be an example, and I'm just like everybody else now, which I don't know, like, I don't know, that's not even, like, a nice thought to think, like, what does that mean, like, I know that I thought higher of myself just because I was a virgin, so um, it was just a whirlwind of thoughts and emotions, because I felt like now there's nothing special about me, because that was what was instilled in me in youth group, like, Mm -hmm you need to save yourself for your husband because it's special and and you'll be rare and you'll be 
clean and like, you know, all this stuff. And so mm -hmm. then when you lose something like that, they tell you is everything, then it's confusing. Cause then you're like, who am I? Yeah. And, um, and where do I stand with God? And it was quite a journey. Not only that, um, I, I had basically told my ex like that I was unfaithful to him. I didn't tell him how because I was still processing all these things. It was, it was a lot. It was, it was a lot to determine like why I did it. Um, if it was bad, like that, yeah. I did that. Um, if like, if I really messed up, like what led me to it? Where did I open the door to begin? Like all these things. It was so much to sift through.
But, um, so when he, so when we got back together, I thought, um, that he was gonna, like, do what he said and, and take me on dates, and so I thought everything was gonna be okay, um, and I was ready to, like, put in the work and put in more self-sacrifice, and I thought things were changing, and then, so, but then when he, like, said that, um, it was, it was shocking to me, but then at the same time, I was, like, well, <laughs> I'm not a virgin anymore, and so this is kind of a relief, because yeah. I don't have to hide this from him, and yeah. I realized, you know what, like, I was so tired of it, I'm like, maybe it's just not meant to be, um, but it was, it was hard, the fact that it came from him, it was more of a blow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, blow to the ego, maybe. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, I tried breaking up with you for years, and I was always like, no, it's God's will, and now all of a sudden, it's not it's not God's will anymore. <laughs> like what <Yeah. laughs> so that was um that was hard and I cried a lot <laughs> and I begged and pleaded like um let's just pray about it more I don't know um I was scared again I didn't know anything well, sure. like so that. much of your life and your identity obviously over these years had been wrapped around this man's existence in your life Exactly. positive or negative when you have a commitment to someone like that and all that time and energy and communication I mean I can't even imagine those are such foundational years as well for yeah been also telling you that he is the voice of God in a way and he is like that would be scary to be like what am I going to do without this now because even an abusive situation is hard to walk away from because you just get used to things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, and he really would, like, make me feel like not like I didn't have any power over my life because if I were to break up with him, he was the reason I was where I was with God. He was the reason I'm not pregnant by now in high school. Like, I apparently had no self-control outside of him. And um, wow. so it would make me feel that way. So when I broke up with him, I was scared. I'm like, can I do this? Like, what's going to happen? But um, contrary to what he believed about me, I felt my relationship with God like spring back just like that because I always did have it. And um, so I was able to go to God right away. I was never scared of that I ran straight to God because I, I had a relationship with him and I felt loved and I felt held and I felt God healing me so um I got stronger and um I like stopped seeking like him to still be in my life I stopped clinging to him so much um for that dependency that the way he made me for so many years yeah and I started realizing like I've always been it's always just been me and God. Like, I can still do this. I have a life outside of him. If he really believes that this isn't my will, that he's not the will of God for my life, well, I know God has something for me. So when we break up, um, I actually did think about um, how I felt that I lost my virginity. Um, and I felt like I was finally, like, may- maybe able to come clean about it. So I did tell... Um, some of my Christian friends, and this is seven months after the fact, um, nobody knew. Um, when it first had happened, I had 
like tried to my coworkers, but um, that's about it. Only like two of them knew. Yeah, were, like sisters, and um, I knew they wouldn't judge me because they weren't like, you know, like that Christian Christian community that I had. Um, but I didn't tell like any of my closest friends who are super Christian or things like that. But um, so I finally came clean to like my best, my one best friend and um, uh, some of my other closest Christian friends. And they didn't judge me. Well, I don't think they judged me. anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably <laughs> not. You know, I yeah. think people are, it's more common than you think. And then when you, that's why I'm so about sharing stories because <clears throat> when you share your story, you very more often than not, you know, five people raise their hands and be like, me too. And you're all just hiding from each other. And I actually did find that. Um, my one friend, I thought, I always thought like I was such an example to her of like waiting for marriage and stuff. So I was scared to, or like actually just in my walk with God, I always felt like I had to be in such an example. And I felt like a lot of that relied on purity. Like, yeah. That was like the badge of honor. So I was scared for my image to be totally changed or for them to question my walk with God because I was no longer your. Um, so um, I did find out that a few of my friends actually themselves had not, like didn't wait either. And we were both really shocked. Um, so that was like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and um yeah, and so because I did share with, like, my circle, um, and because our circles were intertwined, like, mine and my ex's, he ended up asking somebody and finding out mm. uh, that I was no longer a virgin, and he, like, became more, like, emotionally abusive to me and, like, would call me a Jezebel, so that was hard to, like, to process because I was it like hurt again then I felt like I had to start shaming myself so I had come open to my friends and I felt loved and I felt accepted still even though they were like maybe you shouldn't like do it anymore what are your thoughts um but then when I got like the messages from him and um he decided to expose me to his family who I loved so much and um that hurt them and then they kind of cut me off so I felt like I had to beat myself up again, and I felt yeah. shame. And I felt like, well, and then he, he even said, oh, that's why that's why I felt peace from God to break up with you. Like, he was saving me from being with somebody like you. Like, thank God. <laughs> mm -hmm. So then I really think I'm the problem now again. And I'm like, well, I really messed up and all this stuff, um, which I guess once I started beating myself up, I opened that door again, and in that time, it wasn't, I guess, that time, it wasn't really positive, because I, I was like, well, I already kind of messed up, so I'm just gonna... It's really it. interesting you bring that up. I think a lot of people, <clears throat> I was the same way. I think the I lost my virginity almost in a similar way. I wasn't in a relationship or anything, but I really, it just felt like a weight and I wanted to get rid of it at a certain point because it was just so overwhelming. It was like overtaking my thoughts and I was like, I just want to get rid of it. <clears throat> and it wasn't until 
later that yeah at a point you're like well, I'm already bad. God already has given up on me. I've already lost my identity. I don't even know if I'm a Christian anymore because I'm not a virgin. So, and then, you know, in the Christian community too, we are taught to only save yourself, save yourself, save yourself. And it's all about purity versus something that I'm really embracing now, which is sexual integrity. And the difference is purity is just no wear a white dress yes and that's literally all we're taught in the evangelical church or at least my experience sexual integrity is giving yourself the freedom and and knowing that god is on the journey with you and that while you're talking to a man that you may or may not become intimate with you're actually addressing the thoughts you're having, the feelings, how he makes you feel. Does he honor you? Is this someone that will honor my body? Is this someone that is taking advantage of me? Am I using them to amp up my own self-esteem? Or is this a genuine connection? Like, we as Christians are not given those tools because we're told everything is wrong. <clears throat> and I know if we post this on YouTube, people would be like, say that I'm such a sinner and so terrible for saying that. Like even leaving the door open, the possibility open that maybe you won't save yourself for marriage. But 80% of non-married Christians are having sex. So I'm just telling the truth that if you are not going to be waiting for, for marriage, then you at least need to be embracing integrity, which I totally get what you're saying. It's like, throwing out the baby with the bathwater. I'm no longer pure. And also God is mad at me and he's not going to hear me out anymore. So I might as well just keep my ears plugged and head down and do what I want. And then it's not until the aftermath that maybe you climb out of someone's bed and you're like, oh, that wasn't honoring my body. That's the situation I shouldn't have been in. But, you know, you don't really give yourself the freedom to make those choices when you think everything is a sin. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, and I did, that's when I started discovering kind of, like, sexual integrity, like you said, and realizing, like, maybe that is more important, because when I did fast up, I did realize a lot of my Christian friends either didn't wait or did other stuff around it until marriage, which, in a way, is still, like, I feel like it's still sexual, so. Absolutely, yeah. like not to be sexual at all well then and if that's what makes you pure then they weren't necessarily pure but then I started thinking about like what pure really means and having a pure heart and I started realizing like I don't feel like I'm lustful like I don't feel like I'm like drooling over everyone and like needing it and like obsessing over it like how they make it seem I still felt like I still had a pure heart I wasn't like hardened towards God or anything I still loved him um so I started like seeing like what could this being pure like really mean and um is it just a matter of like how you're using sex and um I, I tried not like feeling so much shame about it anymore and like inviting God back into it and um because I like I, like, went back to being sexually active because I felt, like, shame. Um, Then I just kind of, like, continued. But I'm, like, well, if I'm going to do this, like, 
I, I really don't want to hide from God anymore. Like, I feel like, like, I don't have to. So you, you were acknowledging and realizing when things actually genuinely didn't feel good. And then you also realize that giving God that invitation to be a part of your sex life in this new realization, whether you're sexually active or not, was more the key than actually just saying no, 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 and ignoring it. Yeah, I started focusing, like, more on, like, just breaking out of the fear and the shame. Yeah. How do you break out of fear and shame? What did that look like? (laughs) It's hard. (laughs) Um, I have been moments where, like, like how I've watched your videos and like you said like during or after like you just like cry and question like am I a bad person am I evil like am I not dying to my flesh enough like what is wrong with me so how do you start breaking through all of that fear and shame what's the journey of that um it was like I said a lot of crying still and a lot of like beating myself up but I noticed that God was just so good, (laughs) and um, he would just speak love, like, back into me. Um, I actually went, like, on a woman's retreat, and um, the lady did talk a lot about sex and how it separates us from God, so it was, like, the same message, which kind of made me feel shame a bit more, but I got a prophetic word from God, like, saying to come out of that shame and that he did love me and didn't see me any differently. And so, um, even when I still continued after that, um, like, just, like, like, that we're little insider, like, mine and God's is sometimes on my Pandora station, he'll, like, play a song that's, like, I feel like exactly <laughs> what I needed to hear, and, um, he just, like, would play, like, something about, like, love again, and how he sees me, and so that was the biggest thing for me just feeling his love again and seeing like he's not mad at me um he's still with me just like he always has been and, yeah uh, it made me fall in love with him again and see his mercy and his love in a new way and realize I don't have to hide from him I love that um <clears throat> I can admit mine as well but would you care to share where you are with your your sexual journey now do you have any intention of saving yourself for marriage again or are you you know saving yourself for a relationship or are you just exploring where are you at at this moment um I'm still like I guess discovering like that sexual integrity like I I'm seeing I feel like there are wrong ways to have sex but I don't feel like it's always wrong um I feel like where I'm at is in a healthy place um I didn't honestly um, look for this current relationship I'm in now. It kind of just happened. And um, in a weird way, I feel like it's very healthy and very much what I need. Yeah. Um, And I feel like I'm actually learning a lot about myself through it and even a lot of healing. And I, I finally, like, I don't know, maybe I get to feel like, that desire which I've like repressed for so many years um so it's just been really healing for me and I'm just kind of going with it um and still communicating with God my heart is still open to him and um I kind of noticed um 
so then I had lost my virginity to the person I lost it to. Um, it, I think it was, it happened fine and it was an okay relationship. It, I don't think it was unhealthy. Um, but, uh, I guess it started becoming more like, I felt like maybe he was using me and I, I don't like that feeling. I think that's wrong. Um, yeah. I think when you probably shouldn't be having sex, but I noticed like God kind of like took him out of my life. And then there was somebody that is actually right now that is honoring me and respecting me. And that just confuses me more because it's not like men can't do that. They just care about sex. And if you do <laughs> then they right. just like stop respecting you. <clears throat> yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, I think, okay. yeah, I think that, um, I'm looking forward to doing a video on like unevenly yoked relationships and another video on spiritual or sexual integrity because they're both really important topics. And for me, we always talk about unevenly yoked, unevenly yoked, uh, which for anyone listening that doesn't know what that means, it's about Christians just really say that to mean the person's not a Christian. But I think that just because someone's Christian doesn't mean they're your soulmate. It doesn't mean your spirit speaks to the other person's spirit. It doesn't mean that you're aligned, that you're going to be able to grow together and flourish and get to the next level and more intricately understand yourself and your faith. Like that is a true spiritual connection. And unevenly yoked can be two Christian people, both like your abusive relationship that you had, that was very unevenly yoked. That was a disaster. And yet no Christian would have chastised you for it because it's supposedly an evenly yoked relationship. And I have a similar thing where I came out of a really abusive relationship and I had <clears throat> two, and that was wrong. That was really bad. I was in a very, very low point in my life where I invited that in and I was disrespecting myself, disrespecting my body, my everything, you know, not that it was all my fault, but yes, like I invited in some deep negativity in my life and it was a low point. And after that, I had a relationship with a man and he's still one of my best friends that it was the most, like it restored so much of myself, my self-esteem that had been broken, my thoughts about myself that had been shattered. He helped me remember who I was and where I was going. He was there when I, when God is gray came into my mind, like him and I were sitting on the couch. We were just like talking and having wine. And all of a sudden, like I felt God speak this project to me. So that is a relationship that I would never regret. And was it a sexual relationship? Yes. Did I feel utmost conviction from God about that sexuality? No, I don't know what to tell you. I didn't, you know, and I, of course, pause to say that because I've put myself in some sort of position where I'm supposed to be supposedly leading people in the right direction. And that's never been my intention. I'm just going to keep telling you guys the truth about my life and the truth about the way that I feel about things and what has happened. I'm not going to tell anyone else how to live, but I will say that I did not feel shame or or conviction about that relationship. That relationship took me to a level in myself and my growth and my spirituality that I would never regret. I can't 
imagine saving myself from marriage. If that's a word that God gave me, I would <laughs> have to take a minute and, and ingest that and take it on. But I think the only reason that God might speak something like that to me would just be in a specific relationship, maybe to cultivate something particularly sexy or romantic or whatever with a certain person. But I don't think that God would speak that to me because it's what he commands and demands of my life. <clears throat> and that's just where I'm at with, with that. And I'm, and like we're talking about just noticing when you're not in integrity. I also, you know, recently had a sexual experience with someone and he totally did use me. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Like, that's exactly what I don't want to invite in my life anymore. And, and I think that's where saving yourself or really vetting someone is valuable because then you know what you want for your own body, your own spirit and the way you want to be treated in this world and the way people interact with you and your body, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> But yeah. I definitely believe, like, you can have standards still just because mm -hmm. you are, like, a Christian and sexually active. Like, I'm not I'm not just sleeping around or with anybody, but um, I generally felt, like, a connection with somebody who I just had a good feeling about, and I just knew they were a good person, and there, there was no, like, negative thing I could feel or see or anything wrong or, or even, like, conviction, like you said, that I felt about it. Um, there's like respect and I feel safe and I feel peace so I'm like well that's that's just where I'm at right now like and then you want to question it I'm like should this be wrong because people are telling me but I can only say based off like what I feel and I don't feel like it's wrong right now um I don't know for the future like if I would wait again or whatever like be a born again virgin and wait until I'm married I can't really say as of now, but I don't think, I don't know. I just don't think that has to be. Can I ask you something? You say, I don't feel that it's wrong. I don't feel, <clears throat> you know, whatever. I feel like this is okay. I get attacked in so many comments anytime I say I feel because people are like, well, feelings, you can't trust your feelings. Heart's deceitful above all things, blah, blah, blah. So my question for you is, do you feel that it's not wrong or do you know that it's not wrong? I like, I'm still getting scared to say no because I feel like. If, like but if you were, if you had no accountability to anyone else and I just said, do you know that what you're doing is okay? What would you say? I would say yes, but I just don't want to be, like, responsible for <laughs> encouraging anyone. I don't mean to challenge you, but I think it's worth asking, because if you were to say, do you know that your last relationship wasn't sinful to me, I would say yes, I know that it wasn't, because I have grown exponentially through that relationship, yeah. and... And he didn't need to have sex with me to stay in that relationship. He wasn't demanding that. I just felt so connected to him and so in love with him that it was a part of our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I could say, like, currently for me, <laughs> yeah, I know it's not sinful. Um, I don't feel distant from God or anything like that. Um, I feel like I'm in a really good place overall. So, 
Yeah. And trust me, I know that responsibility of not wanting to lead other people astray because we were both leaders in our churches. And it's really scary to say something like that. So again, I want to reiterate that God is gray and this channel is about empowering people to make their own decisions and to cultivate their own relationship with God. So I'm just telling you what I have come to know for myself, for my own personal journey. And I'm also going to say that if you hear and know something different, then yes, yeah, stay on that path. Don't listen to what I say just because I said it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the um, important part. And that's the most empowering part is like really letting fear go and breaking God out of the boxes that we put him in because of religion and just really trusting him with your journey in life and just being honest with yourself and honest with God about where you are and not being scared um, that he's upset with you because of where you are and just letting him in those spaces. And I think that's like what it's all about. That's what relationship is all about. And I love that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a beautiful conclusion to this conversation. Yeah. Um. Don't hang up now, but I'll just do a little goodbye. Um. So thank you guys so much for joining me and Jalen in this conversation. Thank you, Jalen, 